Welcome to Mountain State Cardboard, a podcast about sports, sports cards, and life from the Mountain State of West Virginia. If you're looking for guaranteed hot picks and lead pipe lock advice on the next big thing in sports cards, just turn around now. This isn't the show for you. This is a fun conversation about the hobby we all love. Another episode of Mountain State Cardboard is on deck. I'm Tim. This is my podcast about sports, sports cards, and life. Welcome to the program. If you would be so kind, subscribe to the show on your platform of choice. And when you do, drop a rating, drop a review. Let's share the podcast with other folks and make it easier for them to find it on the platforms. Also, you can find me on the socials, Instagram and Twitter, at WVCardboard. The website is WVCardboard.com. Shoot me an email, WVCardboard at gmail.com. Connect with me. Let's have a conversation. Welcome to the show, second show of 2021, and I'm uh, super excited to be here. Got uh, a lot to say today. Interesting weekend for for me on eBay. I want to get into some of that later in the show. Kicking things off, though, with some sports thoughts. NFL playoffs are in full swing. Uh, A lot, a lot happening in the NFL playoffs, most notably the Cleveland Browns last night absolutely waxing the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I think, you know, a lot of folks talked early in the season when Pittsburgh was undefeated and they went, what, 11-0. and uh, And as a Steelers fan, I was sitting here going, yeah, this team's not really that good. This is not an undefeated team. This is not a Super Bowl caliber team. There are a lot of flaws. And I think last night, a lot of that was, was exposed. It's really, it's been time for a while, but it's really time for Pittsburgh to start making some long-term quarterback decisions. Um, I just, I, I think it's time. I would, I would love to see them trade for a young quarterback or draft the quarterback of the future. Um, it's not Mason Root. It's not, it's not anybody on the roster. I, I will make this prediction. Other than, you know, maybe one last ride for Ben and a a wild card win next year, I don't think there is a quarterback on the Pittsburgh roster that can win meaningful playoff games. So I'll just put that out there. But uh, NFL playoffs rolling right along. Uh, I I don't know. I I was surprised by the Seattle loss a little bit. you know, I'm, a, I'm a, a bit of a Russ fan, and I'll get into football later in the show. I actually want to talk about football in, in broad strokes a little bit later in the show, but I was surprised by the Seattle loss. Uh, I don't know who the prohibitive fa- – I guess Kansas City's the, the prohibitive favorite, defending champs. They have the best quarterback in the game, taking snaps. Um, I don't know. Uh, I, I guess Kansas City on the NFC side, I, I, I'm just not sure. Maybe, maybe New Orleans, I guess would be my pick, um, or Green Bay. Uh, An Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes Super Bowl could be a lot of fun. Uh, Patrick Mahomes and all of his weapons, Aaron Rodgers and Devontae. I mean, that that would probably be the most entertaining matchup possible. Um, I don't know. We'll see. Um, NBA, here's my thought on the NBA as we start this week. And you just, you, you see... More guys going down with injury. Killian Hayes lost this week by the, the Detroit Pistons. Thomas Bryant. And it, none of these are like necessarily huge marquee names, but they're good players or developing players on teams that need those minutes. Um, you know, COVID protocols are 
beginning to have a significant impact on the NBA season. You saw it with the Boston Celtics this week. You're 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 going to see that continue to grow and trickle down throughout the league. I I don't think there's an appetite for a second bubble uh, like last year, but I think that if it comes down to it, if it comes down to it, I think that Adam Silver will recommend shutting things down for a couple of weeks, quarantining players, and then getting them into a bubble so that they can complete their season. And I think that's one of the things that I do respect about the NBA. I, I, I have a hard time as I sit here, and I love sports, saying that it's a good idea to play through a pandemic. But if you're going to, I think the NBA has handled it about as well as anybody uh, possibly could in the major sports leagues. So we'll we'll see how Adam Silver uh, handles this. But beyond COVID, I think you look at some of the injuries and guys um, out for the season or out for extended periods. You know, John Morant's out four to six weeks, I think. Um, you've lost several guys for the season. I think you're seeing the impact, and I'd be interested to hear the sports card PT's take on this, but I think in some ways you're starting to see the impact of the very shortened off season and the the limited training camp that players had. I mean, we went right from you, you had two scenarios, right? You either went from very competitive basketball right back into the regular season on a very short turnaround, or if you were one of the non-bubble teams, you were off for a really extended period of time, and now you're back playing competitive basketball again. So it was like it was two extremes. It was either not enough time off or probably for some guys way too much time off. So I I wonder if some of the injuries you're starting to see are impacted by that at all. If there's any causality there for the injuries that you're seeing in the NBA and the length of the offseason for some of these teams. Um I'm just that's just a theory. I'm certainly not a medical professional, nor do I play one on TV. But I, you have to look at that and think that may have something to do with this. So I, I'm I'm curious about that. A lot of things going on in Major League Baseball, not necessarily hot stove. Uh, there's some hot stove league stuff um, we'll get into. Uh, starting though with um, uh, condolences to the Lasorda family. Tommy Lasorda passing away at the age of 93 this week. Uh, Lasorda was a legend uh, in the Dodgers organization. He was a legend in baseball. Another Hall of Famer lost. Uh, so rest in peace to Tommy Lasorda. Uh, on the hot stove side, kind of fascinated by what's happening with DJ LeMahieu. You can make the argument that right now LeMahieu is the best hitter in baseball. Um, he, he hits consistently for average. He's got a little bit of pop. He can drive in runs. You insert him into the lineup, and you know exactly what you're going to get out of D.J. LeMahieu. It was never Coors-induced uh, from his time in Colorado. He put up really good numbers with the Yankees. D.J. LeMahieu, one of the best hitters in baseball, if not the best when you just talk hitter in the game right now. And the Yankees are slow playing him. The Yankees have the money. Don't let the Yankees tell you that they don't have the money to sign anybody that they want to. The Yankees have a license to print money. The Yankees have the money to sign LeMahieu, but they're not doing it. And now he's told his agents, go talk to other teams. I want to play for the Yankees, but if this is how they're going to be, start talking to other teams. And the Dodgers want LeMahieu. So if DJ LeMahieu decides that he's going to look at other teams, he's going to get an offer from the Dodgers. Now, is this all gamesmanship? Is he trying to uh, 
force the Dodgers or the Yankees hand rather and and get a contract offer from the Yankees based on the threat of the Dodgers and other teams hanging out there probably but it also makes no sense for the Yankees to approach it this way he's the the best player on the market that, to fill their needs he's he wants to be in pinstripes they could just lock him up but they're playing games with him so now he's like okay I'll look elsewhere. So following the DJ LeMahieu story is really interesting. Uh, Nationals signed Kyle Schwarber to a one-year $7 million contract this week. I think Kyle Schwarber, and he had some moments in the postseason during those Cub, during the Cubs World Series run. Um, he's, you know, he got a lot of pop in the card market. I always looked at Kyle Schwarber as a guy who I just didn't ever really believe in. Um you know, Kyle Schwarber is, is he's like Dave Kingman or, you know, it's, it's, it's all or nothing. I mean, it is really the, the two outcome scenario. It's either a strikeout or a home run. I mean, that's Kyle Schwarber. Um, seven years or $7 million for the nationals is, is next to nothing in baseball terms, an opportunity for him to go somewhere else and, uh, rehabilitate his image. Not that he has image problems, but just on field image, like show that he can do something besides crush home runs, strike out and play bad defense in left field. The other interesting implication to that signing is if the national league does go to a full-time DH, I think that makes the nationals a wildly different team because now they don't have to give up a, uh, an outfield slot to a guy that can't play the outfield very well. Um, the talk is of moving Juan Soto over to right field, playing Schwarber in left field. But if they go to a full-time DH, changes the game. So I think that's in some way part of what the Nationals are, are banking on as well in, in the, the Schwarber signing. The big news from baseball this week, though, was Francisco Lindor being traded uh, by the uh, Cleveland Indians to the New York Mets. Uh, a couple of guys going from the Mets to Cleveland, including Ahmed Rosario, who's kind of that post-hype guy. He had a lot of hype coming up through the system and just never really panned out for the Mets. And now the Mets have signed, you know, maybe the best shortstop in baseball, if not the best, one of the two or three best shortstops in baseball, uh, generational talent in Francisco Lindor, uh, and good for the Mets, bad for the Cleveland Indians. That's a homegrown talent who comes along once in a generation, and they just decided that they didn't want to pay him. They just decided that they were going to move on and not be as competitive next year. I mean, that's all it comes down to. Uh, it comes down to money, and it's a shame uh, because Francisco Lindor could have spent his entire year uh, wearing the Cleveland uniform, or his entire career, rather, uh, wearing the Cleveland uniform, and, and Cleveland just decided they didn't want to pay him. So they traded him. It wasn't a, it wasn't a, a complete fleecing of a trade. Uh, you know, you look at some of the talent that Cleveland got back, and it's fine. It's fine, but... Uh, when you when you also include Carlos Carrasco in that trade going from Cleveland to New York, man, New York really knocked it out of the park with that trade. And the other implication of that trade is the other baseball story that I wanted to mention, and that is now the San Diego Padres are looking to lock, lock up Fernando Tatis long term. And that has a lot to do with the Lindor trade because the anticipation is that the Mets are going to sign Lindor to an extension. Once that extension is signed and it's going to be big, it will impact the shortstop market in a trickle-down effect. So San Diego, and good on them, because he's 
Tatis is not even arbitration eligible until after the 21 season. He doesn't hit free agency until 2024, but they're recognizing very early and very quickly what they have in Fernando Tatis Jr., and that is one of the most exciting players in the game of baseball. So now they're going to lock him up to a long-term contract. Whether he plays that contract out in San Diego, of course, remains to be seen because that's how those things go. But the Lindor trade has actively pushed San Diego to speeding up the timeline on locking up Tatis Jr. And as a guy who grew up in an era where where players played their entire career with one team, right? Um, and you looked at that, you know, Willie Stargell, George Brett, um, you know, think about guys like Mike Schmidt in Philadelphia, guys who came up through the system and played their entire career with one team. There's just something to me that's a little bit romantic about that. I romanticize the idea of a guy spending his entire career in one uniform. Uh, the last best example of that would probably be Jeter. Um, you know, that's and and Mariano Rivera. That's a that's a fading concept. I'd love to see it happen more often. But the Tatis Jr. extension is a a step in the right direction for that. Um, Let's talk about this week on eBay for for your boy. Uh, Finally, and I posted some uh, mail day pictures on my Instagram yesterday. You know, I had for several months just been out of the market on on the buying side. I'd been focused more on on selling. Um, This week, I finally got back in and I picked up some uh, Donovan Mitchell cards. And Donovan Mitchell, and I want to talk a little bit about Spider Mitchell this morning because uh, he's a new addition to my uh, PC. I've decided, I, I, I thought about it, and uh, you know, I make it sound like these. this is like some grand like decision that's been uh, voted on by a board of directors or something. But, you know, I decided to start PCing Mitchell for a couple of reasons. Um, first of all, go back to... The podcast episodes from during the bubble, and I, I didn't look up the specific episode, but the episode right after uh, Utah got knocked out of the playoffs last year, I said, I watched the end of that game, and I watched the post game, and I watched Donovan Mitchell's reaction, and I had a lot of respect for it. You could see that that loss hurt him deeply. Um, when they got knocked out of the playoffs, he took it very, very personally, played his heart out, had a great bubble. Uh, probably one of the two or three most impressive guys in the bubble, frankly, um, especially in that last playoff series. But when they got knocked out, he took it very personally. And I watched that. I watched his reaction. And I said, you know, that kid's got something. And I, I, I can see him coming back next year with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder, kind of on a mission. And I've watched him play. And the numbers aren't huge, but he's been very solid this year. He's definitely the alpha on that Utah team, as we all know. Uh, and he's a guy that I just like watching play. So I said, you know what? If I'm going to go in on a new guy, I want to go in on Donovan Mitchell. I think there's a lot of potential there, when you, especially when you look at where his cards are from a price standpoint and what the ceiling could be. I think there's potential with Mitchell. Um, so I, I went in on, on Donovan Mitchell. And I also went in on the card set that I talked about last week that I think has is very underrated, and that's Panini Revolution. So I went out and bought uh, some uh, Donovan Mitchell Panini Revolution rookies. I also got a couple of other rookies, um, Essentials, uh, Hoops. I've got a couple of Optics on the way. And I got some inserts, um, you know, some base thrown in in some lots. But uh, I tried to focus on rookies and inserts from Donovan Mitchell, and I'm going to try to grow a Donovan Mitchell uh, PC. 
the other thing I like about Donovan Mitchell when when you look at him and why I want to collect Donovan Mitchell, um, you know, talking about his leadership coming out of that playoff loss in the bubble. Uh, you know, Donovan Mitchell, though, has a great brand. Uh, and what I mean by brand, I'm not talking about his shoes. I'm talking about who he is, how he carries himself. Uh, and he's very socially conscious. Um, he led some of the uh, some of the uh, uh, the BLM uh, voice in the bubble uh, in the NBA last year. He was one of the leading voices in that. He's very socially conscious. His mom uh, also very socially conscious. They partnered with Crayola uh, to um, donate some money to education. He partnered with Crayola on some of his shoes. Some of that money got he got donated to education issues. Um, he's made some uh, scholarships. Uh, available to kids from his home high school. Uh, he's just a guy who sees that he has a platform, wants to use it for good, and wants to give back. And that's the kind of guy that I want in my PC. You know, Damian Lillard, very socially conscious as well. Uh, I like guys who, it's just something that's important to me. I like guys that give back to the community who have a socially conscious voice and use it. Uh, so those are the guys I want to invest in. Spider Mitchell is on that list. So now he's in the PC. So I'm going to start actively looking for, and I'm going to talk later in the show about what I hope to accomplish this year in the hobby. But uh, Donovan Mitchell is certainly on that list. Um, So yeah, so I'm buying for the first time in a long time. And I'm out there uh, looking for things that match up with me uh, from a PC standpoint. I'm not, and and the other thing is, and I talked about this several weeks ago, if I'm going to invest, quote unquote, invest in cards, I at least want to invest in guys that I like. I'm done buying cards of guys just because I think they might go up in value, um, just arbitrarily. Uh, If I don't like the player, I just don't want to buy the card. If I bust it in a pack, I'll sell it. But if I'm going out and buying singles, I'm going to buy singles of guys that, if I'm investing in them, I'm investing in them because I like them as a player, not because I think they have a ton of value. And I know that that's not necessarily um, congruous with uh, how other people invest. I mean, guys are out there just buying cards of guys because they think they've got potential and they're going to go up. I at least want to like the player and enjoy watching the player. Uh, That way, if I don't sell the card, I've just got it in my PC and it's a cool card. Um, So I'm from an investment side, that's where the investor-collector meshes for me. The investor mentality and the collector mentality mesh at the point of if I'm going to buy cards to potentially resell, I'm at least buying cards of guys that I like. So I'll buy Donovan Mitchell rookies in sets that I like, like Revolution, like Status, like Noir, because A, I believe in those sets, and B, I believe in the player. And I'm not just arbitrarily out there buying a guy like, say, Kobe White, who is not a, he's a fun player to watch, but he's not somebody that I particularly care about. So I'm not going to go out and look for low-cost Kobe Whites to flip. I'm going to buy guys that I appreciate watching. Um, on the other side of the coin, selling. Here's the big story for me selling on eBay this week. First of all, I want to remind you, once again, to be an engaged seller on eBay. Uh communicate with people because again this week I reached out to a guy that wanted that that bought a card and before he paid I said hey listen I'll combine shipping if there's anything else you want I sold five more cards so be an engaged seller the platform makes it so so easy and I can't stress that enough be an engaged seller don't just be transactional develop a relationship um so uh, that's my two cents on on mentality towards selling 
Um, but the bigger news on the sales side is, and I talked about the NFL a little bit at the top of the show and sports thoughts, but I realized this week that I just don't really care about the NFL anymore. So I'm selling off all of my football cheap. I mean, all of it. Um, I just I fell out of love with the NFL a couple of years ago, um, and I, st- I really stopped watching the NFL a couple of years ago. And this year, I think because of COVID and because of other things and the, the lack of sports altogether for such an extended period of time, and there was a lot of excitement about the NFL coming back, even though we can make the case that it's not smart, again, to be playing during a pandemic, but... I tried to talk myself into liking the NFL this year, and I, I, I tried to get excited about the teams and the players, and I still do like Russell Wilson, and I, I really believe that Deshaun Watson is one of the top four or five quarterbacks in the NFL. I truly believe that, and I think his upside is huge. I do think that Justin Herbert is the best of this rookie class uh, of quarterbacks that are playing right now. Uh, and I think that's going to play out over the course of several years. But at the end of the day, I, I realize that my heart's not in it. I don't have any passion for football cards. I don't have any passion for the NFL. So I'm just going to get out. I, didn't, I wasn't in that much. I bought some packs. I bought some blasters. I didn't buy any singles uh, this year online from uh, of, of football players. I, I didn't go down that road. But I bought a bunch of packs and... Um, you know, did some busting when it was available and, and, you know, started to get into that. I just don't care. And I, I had a moment this weekend. I don't even really know when it was, but at some point I realized I just don't care about the NFL. I don't care about football cards. I like vintage football cards. Anything from probably 85 and earlier is really what I'm interested in. Um, maybe a little later, 86, 87 to get into like the Bo Jackson era, um, you know, frankly, Bo Jackson might've been the last football player I was really excited about. Um, but, um, vintage football, I'm still into, I still, I'm still seeking out some things on the vintage side. Uh, but new, I just don't care anymore. So I'm getting rid of it and I'm not going to plug my, uh, eBay store on the show. I don't ever want this show to be a commercial for my eBay store. I don't want this platform to be about, I want to talk about selling in broad strokes. Uh, I don't want to talk about what I'm selling or what's in my eBay store other than to say, I'm getting rid of all of my football cards. Every football card that I had on the platform is listed at a starting bid of 10 cents on seven day auction. And I'm just getting rid of it. And I'm talking, and I don't have high price stuff. I don't have, I don't, I, I didn't buy any prism, no mosaic, none of that. It's all, it's mostly junk. Uh, but there are some Joe Burrow, some, some Tua, some Justin Herbert, some uh, Kyler Murray. Uh, it's, and then a whole bunch of other stuff, a whole bunch of other stuff. Uh, and, and some Hall of Fame guys as well. It's all 10 cents. It's up for seven day auction. And I just want to get rid of, I want to ship it out, give it to somebody because that's what it's about. It's about putting those cards in the hands of someone that either appreciates them or wants to do something else with them. I don't want them anymore. So I'm not going to plug my eBay channel on the show ever uh, or my eBay store on the show ever. But I will say that if you follow me on Twitter, I've tweeted about my eBay store and I will, I will this week to try to, uh, get it out there. So if you, if you're interested, you can follow me on Twitter at WV cardboard. And I just, I just want to, I want to get the football out. So uh, all football cards are 
and some lots, even lots at ten cents starting bid. Uh, and I'll combine shipping, so buy as much as you want, and it's one flat fee, and it's out the door, and it's yours. So that's it. I feel dirty talking about my eBay store on the podcast because, again, I don't ever want this to be an infomercial for what I'm selling. I want to sell stuff, but I want it to be because people are out there finding it on their own. I'm I'm not going to plug it on the show. So, again, you can link to it from my Twitter account, at WV Cardboard. Uh, and that's that. Uh, content social media shout outs as we roll along here. Uh, shout out to the Sports Card PT this week. Uh, I had a specific question about Killian Hayes of the Detroit Pistons, who uh, injured his hip this week and is out for the rest of the year. Uh, and Chris put up a really great post about Killian Hayes uh, to uh, answer my question, but also to inform the hobby. And it was great stuff. Um, Sports Card Analytics. His show this his his uh, his newest video this week uh, was about an opportunity that he sees in a single card uh, right now, and it's pretty interesting stuff. Uh, and that, that's all I'll say. So go find Jordan's YouTube channel, uh, and it's a card that I love. So I appreciated the show just because I love that specific card that he talks about uh, in this week's show. Something coming up from Sports Card Investigator that I'm really looking forward to. Uh, the show hasn't dropped yet. As soon as it does, I'll share it on my Instagram. But uh, keep your eye out for something cool coming from Sports Card Investigator. And then the Lucas show this week informs today's main topic. So I'll save that uh, for just a, a few moments from now. Uh, but G on the Lucas show uh, was my inspiration for this week's podcast. Real quick, WV Connection, a West Virginia Connection story. Went to the local card shop this week just to buy some. Uh, uh, some supplies. I needed team bags and uh, uh, thick card uh, uh, holders for shipping purposes. I just need, I needed supplies. I needed shipping supplies. Uh, so I popped over. Uh, there's nothing new on the market right now that I'm really interested in. I'm, I'm waiting for uh, for the 2021 tops uh, to come out. Then I'll be interested again. Uh, but until those drop, there's just nothing that I was interested in buying. Uh, but I like going in and chatting with the guys and and hanging out and. I went in and found the supplies I needed, and then I just sat down and started flipping through the dollar bin just to have something to do. Uh, found a couple of cool Grant Hill inserts that I didn't have, uh, but then as I'm flipping through, and I just did the show a few weeks ago about Alan Henderson, and uh, shout out to Bean's Ball Card blog for pointing out to me that I didn't know that Alan Henderson was born in West Virginia, former Indiana University and Atlanta Hawks uh, player, Alan Henderson. Didn't know that he was born in West Virginia, so found that out. That was fun. Uh, and I wanted to find a couple of Alan Henderson cards for my PC. And I found, uh, and it's po- a picture of it is posted on my Instagram, but I found uh, a rookie auto Alan Henderson in the dollar bin, which, you know, says a lot about, uh, <laughs> about the Alan Henderson market uh, out there. But uh, it is a 1995 signature rookie's. Uh, Alan Henderson. He's in his Indiana uniform, but uh, the card is hand-signed on card, and it's also hand-numbered on card, which I thought was pretty cool. Uh, It's not a very valuable set, but it's a cool card, and it goes into the West Virginia uh, portion of my PC because there's another uh, West Virginia native who had an impact on professional sports, and I thought that was pretty cool. So um, the Alan Henderson card out of the dollar bin was my West Virginia connection of this week. And again, shout out to 
uh, Beans Ball Card blog on YouTube. It's also Ken Kinsley on uh, Instagram for pointing that out to me. And now new addition to the PC based on that. So I mentioned a moment ago that the main segment today was inspired by uh, the Luca show and uh, G's show this week. And his show this week was about his goals for 2021 in the hobby, three goals that he has. And I thought that was a good idea. And so it got me to thinking, like, what are my goals for 2021? What do I want to accomplish in the hobby in 2021? So that's what I want to talk about briefly in the final segment of the show today. Um, 2021 goals for me are all about making sure that I'm heading in the right direction. Um, you know, I talked moments ago about I just I, I don't I don't have passion for the current NFL. Um, any football that I'm interested in is vintage. I'm I'm not interested in modern football. So, you know, that's that that thinking, that strategy, that decision to just liquidate my football and get out of it came from this sort of overarching thought process about what do I want to do? What is it that I want to be doing in the hobby? What do I want to accomplish in 2021? So shout out to The Luca Show. You can find him on YouTube, The Luca Show. Um, Great content. I talked about it many times on the show. But anyway, this week was all about his three goals. So this week on the show, on the podcast, on Mountain State Cardboard, I want to talk about my goals. Uh, Goal number one is to clean up, streamline, and organize. I just... I have got to get a better handle on organization of my collection. Uh, I, and I think that we all say that, right? Like, I think I don't, is there anybody out there? Is there anybody listening to the show that's completely happy with the way they have their PC organized, their collection organized? If you do hit me up on social media or shoot me an email at WV Cardboard, wvcardboard at gmail.com, and talk to me about your organizational methods because I, I'm i still trying to figure it out. I mean, I have it broken down by sport and play, and I just, I don't know, man. I, I've got I've got stuff everywhere, and then when, I want, when there's things that I know I want to sell, it takes me forever to find them. So it's a very simple goal, and it's probably a very common goal, but I've got to get organized and cleaned up from a collection standpoint, I've got to get a better handle on what I've got, what I want to keep, what I want to get rid of, which goes right into goal number two. And that is focus on the things that make me happy. And I feel like I did a pretty good job of that in 2020. And this show and all of the social media interaction has really helped me to move in that direction. So Part of my goals for 2021 are to just keep going in that direction, keep going in that direction of putting money and effort and time into the things that make me happy. You know, it's the old quote, and it came from an episode months ago on House of Jordans, sell everything you don't love and start over. And that's really what I've worked hard to do this year and what I continue to do in 21. And so that's one of my goals is this continuation of sell everything you don't love and start over, you know, again, and I don't want to harp on what's going on with me with, with modern football. I just don't love it. I tried, I tried to talk myself into being excited about Justin Herbert. I tried to talk myself into, uh, putting together a Deshaun Watson PC and a Russell Wilson PC. I tried to talk myself into being excited about this current generation of Pittsburgh Steelers. 
and I, I think Juju's fun to watch. I think Chase Claypool is has just unlimited potential as a wide receiver in the NFL. Those those guys are fun to watch, but I just don't have passion for it. My passions are in baseball and basketball, Major League Baseball and the NBA. Those are my passions. When it comes to the hobby, I'll watch a football game, but I just I'm not. So I'm I'm just trying to focus on what makes me happy. So that's why the football is going out the door. It doesn't make me happy. And I I want to put my time, treasure, and talent. You ever heard that phrase, right? Like, so in my job, I sit on a lot of board of directors by boards of directors by default. And every board of directors that you're on, I have this mentality that you're expected to give one or more of three things: time, treasure, or talent. You either give your time your money, or your effort, your particular skill set to the organization. That's your investment as a member of that board of directors. Um, So that's sort of how I look at the hobby. Time, treasure, and talent. I have a finite amount of time. I have a finite amount of money. And I, I don't really know what my talent is, but my effort, right? Call it effort. So time, money, and effort. I want to put my time, money, and effort into the things that make me happy so that when I'm done and when I sit back and I look at it, I can have a sense of satisfaction. Nothing about football cards satisfies me. So that's part of it. So the goal number two is to focus on the things that make me happy and to follow my passions. And these are very broad and I'll get into some specific, I do have some specific goals, but these are very broad, cleaning up, organizing, focusing on what makes me happy. But if we think about this, if we consciously think about this in the hobby or in anything you do, but if you consciously think about these things, even though they're very broad concepts, it helps you focus. And that's really what it is for me. It's about focusing. It's about cleaning up the collection. It's about focusing on what makes me happy because I need things to be more focused in my hobby and I've made great strides in 2020. So I want to continue that in, in 2021. Um, and then broad stroke number three, before I get into some very specific goals, broad stroke number three is I, I need to retool my website. I need to figure out what it is I want to do with my website. If I want it to be commerce-based, content-based, I'm just not sure. I've got a website. It's wvcardboard.com. I don't know what I want to do with it. Right now, it's a repository for old blog posts, Instagram posts, and a running feed of the podcast. And I have some analytic reports. It doesn't get a ton of traction. Uh, You can see a little bump every week after the show drops. Somebody new checks out the website. But there's nothing there. There's nothing to get people to come back. And I don't know what I I want to do with it. I know I don't want to write a blog because I'm doing the show. The show, this is my blog, this stream of consciousness. Every week I sit down for 30 or 40 minutes and talk into a microphone. I don't know that I have the the desire to sit down and write lengthy blog posts. Um, So i got to figure out what I want to do with the website or just let it go. Maybe I just don't need it. Uh, So goal number three for me is figuring out what I want to do with my website, wvcardboard.com. And if you've got a suggestion or an idea, throw it my way. Let's crowdsource this thing. Uh, I just don't know what I want to do with it. So that's goal number three. So there are my three goals. Clean up, streamline, organize the PC and the collection overall, whether it's PC or part of the collection that I eventually want to sell off. 
because uh, I had this sort of line of demarcation in my head that some things would just never be for sale. Some things will. Uh, so, I, But I want to streamline and organize the whole thing. Two, I want to continue down the road of selling everything I don't love and starting over, focusing on the things that make me happy, the things that I'll feel some sense of satisfaction uh, over. And then three, retool the website. Those are my three hobby goals for 2021. And when we talk about our goals and put them out into the world, it helps us focus on them, be more mindful of them. And I think it makes it easier to achieve those goals because there's some accountability. Because now I've told all of you guys what my goals are. So when I stray from the path, I think, you know what? I talked about this. I got to get back on the path. I got to refocus, recalibrate, and keep an eye on my goals and try to move forward on my goals. And then from an individual card or from a from a nuts and bolts, black and white collecting standpoint, I have a modest list of goals. Um, one of the things that I, I really want to do from a collecting standpoint um, is focus on autos of players that I like, um, which it, it's pretty basic, but I don't have a lot of them. I have some cool autos in my collection, uh, but I don't have a ton of them. And I want to I kind of like the autograph, the on card autograph. Uh, concept sticker autos out no sticker autos by the way i saw i was i was just perusing ebay the other day and this is what doesn't make sense to me uh a donovan mitchell a 1718 prism gold prism gold donovan mitchell rookie autoed so it's out of 10 it's the gold disco parallel i think i didn't save the search or i didn't say i didn't i didn't watch the card but i was so blown away by this so it's out of 10. It's a Donovan Mitchell rookie auto out of 10 sticker auto. Total waste to me, in my opinion. So I'm focusing on, I want to focus on on-card autos of players that I like. It's Donovan Mitchell, certainly on the list. Damian Lillard on the list. Baseball, Nolan Arenado, Cody Bellinger, Juan Soto, Ronald Acuna, Manny Machado, Fernando Tatis Jr. Those are the guys. I, I'm not saying that I'm going to go out and get all of these this year. But I want to add an on-card auto of some of these guys to my PC this year. That's, my, that's one of my collecting goals. Um, you know, focusing on these guys, these guys that I enjoy watching, these guys that I think have potential from an investment standpoint, but also they're just players that I like. So I want to focus on these players, and I want to... From a, from a personal collecting standpoint, add some on-card autos of these guys. That's a that's a very specific goal that I have for 2021. The other thing I want to do in 2021 is I want to finish my 1974 top set, which is my birth year set, uh, baseball. 1974 tops baseball. I'm working on uh, set building uh, for that set specifically. I want to finish that. It shouldn't be too hard. I'm real close. I want to knock that out and get that off the books and get that shelved up. Um, it's in a binder, um, and that's that's my goal, The finish the 74 top set. And then I want to refocus, because I've lost focus on this in the last year, I want to refocus on my project to collect a, Hall of, a rookie card of every player elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame since 1980. So starting with the induction class of 1980, I'm trying to collect the rookie card of every player that's been elected in the last, what now, 41 years. Um, 
and I picked 80 because that's the year I started collecting baseball cards. So that Hall of Fame class of 1980 and beyond, I want to get back to focusing on collecting the rookie card of all of those players. And one day I'll talk about that list and talk about where I'm at and who I need and who I have and some of the cool cards. I want to do a whole show on that registry that I've created. Um, And part of the reason that I haven't is because I kind of abandoned it because I get distracted by shiny things and, oh, look, a squirrel. Like, so uh, again, to go back to goal number two from the broad strokes goals, focusing, focusing on the things that make me happy. And when I get a new card added to that registry, it does make me happy. So I want to go back to focusing on that. So less shiny stuff, less new stuff, except for the very specific list of guys that I'm, that I'm chasing then I want to go back to focusing on rebuilding that registry because uh, it's really cool. Um, it, 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 I love the I love the the story behind the cards. I love the stories of the players. Baseball is always will be my number one uh, passion in the hobby, uh, and that's a registry that that I created because I have a real affinity for the Hall of Fame. Uh, I have a real affinity for the history of baseball, so that allows me to bring those feelings into the hobby. So that Hall of Fame registry is going to be a focus of mine in 2021. And again, something that I'll talk about in more detail on the show. And that's it. Those are my goals for 2021. And in the big picture, dropping a new episode of this podcast every Monday will continue to be my 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 goal, my objective, uh, because this to me is so much fun. And getting to know all of you guys has been a total blast. I'm starting to make some really good friends in the hobby, and I just want to say that I appreciate all of you. So that's it for this week. Once again, I would ask you, if you would be so kind, subscribe to the podcast on your platform of choice, share it with your friends, give it a rating, give it a review. Find me on social media at WV Cardboard, Instagram and Twitter. The website is wvcardboard.com. Shoot me an email, wvcardboard at gmail.com. Connect with me. Let's have a conversation. And as always, peace, love, and penny sleeves. Connect with Mountain State Cardboard on Instagram at wvcardboard. Our theme music is performed and produced by John Ingram. Visit our show page on Anchor, anchor.fm slash wvcardboard. This podcast is a member of the 3BG Podcasting Network, a production of 3BG Media, all rights reserved.